Welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I really am. Before I introduce him, a quick word about our amazing sponsors. Uh, please buy your gold from the Pure Gold Company and silver, of course, silver bullion as well. From the Pure Gold Company, who will either deliver to your doorstep or they will store your, your bullion for you in vaults in either London or, or Switzerland. Or you can buy gold, which pays interest. Yeah, amazing, but true. If you go to Monetary Metals, again, the details are, are below in the blurb below this podcast. And please remember to support uh, our other, other uh, supporters, including Nutra Health. Uh, who who make those amazing amazing D, vitamin D three K two immune system boosting pills, which have been going like going like hotcakes, and don't forget to support Hunter and Gather. We love Hunter and Gather because they make things like mayonnaise, which doesn't poison you, unlike the stuff you get from supermarkets. It's, it doesn't use seed oils, and you can get MCT oil for your for your keto diet. Really good products. Anyway. Uh, on to our special guest, John Hamer. Welcome back to the Delling Pod. Um, Thank you, James. Good to be back. Um, John, how would you describe yourself? Um, yeah, I guess I'm a, a geopolitical researcher, analyst, author, public speaker. Uh, you know, this is what I do. This is my job. You know, I'm a professional. I don't have another job. This is what I do full time. So, yeah, I do lots of podcasts and uh write books and uh, write books you do remind do. me about the the, the <laughs> two the the, the 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 one on history and the one on science what are they called uh the falsification of history which is my very first one and my false the, the falsification of science which was my seventh one right um so yeah there obviously there are others as well but those are the in fact the the two that you mentioned are the, uh, by far the two most popular yeah well, I mean, I'm amazed that, you, that that books like yours can even sell in any quantity because obviously... <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. It's uh, you know, I'm really pleased with with the sales. It exceeded my expectations because when I first started writing them, I was just um, you know, I just did it as a hobby basically. But it's actually become a you know full time income now, which is which is obviously great news for me. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I'm always happy when somebody outside the mainstream can earn a living from yeah. this this game we're in yeah. which is which is telling the truth <laughs> in a world controlled by a lie machine by people who don't want the yeah. truth to get out absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. i mean obviously the mainstream media they're just a a mouthpiece for the powers that be or the powers that shouldn't be as some people call them mm. um so yeah we don't get the truth from that source at all uh, so yeah. the last time we spoke you among other things, you completely changed my understanding of the beginning of Lawrence of Arabia, which is one of my favourite <laughs> films. And there I, I was thinking it was a, an innocent motorbike accident down a country lane. But it turns yeah. out that he was bumped off on the orders of Winston Churchill. Yes. Who doesn't emerge very well from your narrative, I have to say, John. I mean, I used to be I spent most of my life as a as a as a Churchillian. I mean, I, I, I thought he was one of our great heroes, the bulldog spirit yeah. and all that won us the second world war. And mm. when you told me that he was a, well, he was matricidal, uh, that he bumped off Lord Kitchener as well as, as well as uh, Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, yes. it's crazy stuff. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he was actually voted as the greatest ever Briton in a in a mainstream poll, uh, maybe ten years ago or something, perhaps a bit longer ago than that. Uh, but you know, if he was the greatest ever Briton, then God help all of us, as far as I can see. But um, you know, that's uh, that's another story. But yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not what he's portrayed to be. I mean, to me, the the thing that stands out in my mind about Churchill is the fact that immediately after the war when you think he would be the national hero you know basically won the war single-handedly it was so you know popular absolutely not true he lost the next general election in a landslide why would that be there's got to be a reason for that but of course we never we never you know made privy to those kind of facts at all because the the powers that be want to portray the guy as a sub kind of a hero which he was far from well, they must have come up with some reasonably convincing excuse because I bought it, whatever it was. I, you know, it, 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 I can't for me, it was never it. a great tell that he no. wasn't re-elected. I just thought, yeah. you know, that the soldiers came back and they were. I, I think, I think the, the excuse they've used, actually, which is plausible enough, is is that in peacetime people felt that they no no longer needed a wartime prime minister. Maybe, maybe, um, but of course, that's just. That's possible. I mean, it's possible, but it it certainly resonates with the rest of the stuff. The fact that he was, um, you know, discarded at the first opportunity, and you know, I've heard, albeit not actually absolutely uh, concrete uh, facts, but certainly rumours about the fact that he used to when he went down the East End, he was booed every time he went down there. So in the end, he stopped going. You know, he went to try and meet the people and be, portray himself as a man of the people. But he got pelted with rotten eggs and tomatoes and uh, and booed. And, uh, well, you know, he had to flee on a couple of occasions. It depends. On, no, I mean, I can well believe that. It, it depends on how far the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole, people want to go. But I, I, I funnily enough, today I was looking in the papers. Um, I say mm. looking in the papers. I wasn't reading them. I happened to glance across at my wife's copy. And I saw right. a photograph of Winnie with his famous V for victory sign. And I thought, yeah, don't, don't do that. That's scary. And I thought, <laughs> that is not, that is not, that is not a V for victory sign. No, that is the horned beast. And that absolutely. is you invoking, invoking the powers of the devil because you are a yeah. 33rd degree Freemason Yes. Well, not me. Not you. I'm not. No, no. I mean, you, Winnie. Yes, you, I man know, in the photograph. Yes. Absolutely. And... Yeah, it's 33rd degree Freemason, a member of the uh, high up member of the Order of the Druids as well, which is another very shady organization. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy was, to all intents and purposes, a practicing Satanist. Um, yeah. You know, well, so. Um, I refer people back to the first podcast we did for more information on it. And, and, and look, as with all these podcasts, it's up for them to decide whether they think that John Hamer is talking complete bollocks and he's just a kind of random bloke from North that I, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I, because I've got, I've, 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 I've as I, as I was accused of, uh, of, of having done at a party the other night, I, I saw this bloke I hadn't seen for a few years and he said, Oh yes, Dellingpole, you've gone mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is one that is one possibility i have gone mad the other is that yeah. maybe the history we're taught at schools uh and, and on tv by the bbc that trustworthy institution may not be as accurate as we had persuaded ourselves 
Anyway, Absolutely. today I thought we'd talk about something completely different. And this is this is the thing, John. Yeah. That it's it's the second most contentious topic I find in my in my social media circles. The most contentious is who and who isn't a shill, who isn't who who and who isn't controlled right. opposition and so on. That always yes. upsets people and causes tension. But I think the second most divisive topic is, wait for it, flat earth. Oh, and, what a surprise. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned to me, because like, I, I, yeah. I haven't had a flat earther on yet. I haven't talked to, who's the guy who specialises? Is it Eric Dubay or is, he, is it somebody Eric else? Eric Dubay, yeah. He's the, uh, he's the big flat earth guy, absolutely. I may yeah. do him. But you can be my you can be my my entree into this subject. You, you, you've you've looked into this, and as I understand it, you you started out completely. You thought this is just bollocks. I'm going to look into it yeah. and see what it's about. Yeah, I think to be fair, that's how most people come into that subject. They think that's absolute nonsense. I'm going to prove it's wrong beyond a, a shadow of a doubt, and they end up just like I did, thinking that this is probably the real truth, and we're being totally deceived um for what reason people always say well what 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 possibly possible reason could they make up all this nonsense about flat earth well to me the 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 thing is that flat earth is just part of the deception okay i i actually do a, a standard presentation uh which is quite popular called the three pillars of false science and flat earth is one of those three pillars the other the other two pillars are the big bang theory and the theory of evolution oh great and oh, with great. Yeah. We'll do three <laughs> okay well uh in a nutshell uh to answer my own question about why on earth would they lie to us about it all well those three things i believe are the essence of science today why do they do it it's because they want us to believe that we are nothing they take away our power by uh, creating this fake reality with uh you know outer space and the fact that uh, the big bang was created happened it, uh, first of all there was nothing and then nothing exploded and created a vast incomprehensible universe which is totally inexplicable by science when you look into it and within any depth and of course evolution turns this into a random cosmic accident along with the other two things because without those three pillars as i call them their fake reality would not stand up they are trying to create a, a reality where we are just a tiny insignificant specks of nothingness random cosmic chance accidents uh, whereas i believe we're very powerful spiritual beings in our own right but they don't want us to believe that. So they take that power away from us. And in, and in fact, it makes us believe that ourselves. We're just a, a, a cosmic nothingness, basically, that, that happened by chance. But when you believe in a creator, as I do, I'm not, a, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I believe that we were created because I just don't see any other viable alternative at all. Um, but they don't want us to know that because if 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 we know that it empowers us and the, the way that they control the only way that eight eight billion people can be controlled is by keeping them in a tiny little fake box of reality so that we don't know our own origins we don't know our own power it's just another way of them exerting their authority over us which is obviously what they love to do by the way if that all if, makes sense if, if there are <laughs> 
eight billion of us. I'm, I'm even down well, exactly. Yeah, that's another question entirely. But yes, I, I get where that's, you're coming from. That's another yeah. another podcast. Well, I'm I think Definitely. I'm with you on what is known as space's fake and gay theory. I I I do. I'm 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 very skeptical about right. all these all these um, Voyager, whatever they are. They all, all all these these modules we are allegedly sending to to these, yes. these far flung planets. I think that's probably all made up. I mean, you know, we can't Absolutely. even get to the moon, so why would no? We <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a whole other subject on its own as well, isn't it? But <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. But let's let let's let's try and narrow it down for a bit. Okay. okay. So I I really haven't looked into um, flat Earth. Do, do you know why? I, I tell you, I tell you one of the reasons. It, it it's it's partly that I get really bored with the arguments between people who say, "Well, I've sailed round the world, and and I can tell you that it's a." It's round, or the or or the people start talking yeah. about how far you can see ships' masts um, yeah. below the horizon, or something like this, Absolutely. and, it, and it, it it all feels like maths to me, and I and I lose interest. Is that wrong? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I'm not a mathematical person myself, and and it does bore me from mathematics. But there's far more more to it than that, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, you get all the old arguments, some of which you've just mentioned. Um, but the, the problem is, it, both for flat earthers and for globe earthers, is that um, it's possible to have uh, arguments for both sides that are irrefutable. And this, this is the big oh. problem. But the, 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 the when I say irrefutable, that's probably a bit of an extreme. Not irrefutable, but they're very hard to refute, shall we say. Um, so you, you get this impasse, this con constant knocking of heads well you know you get debates on the internet flat earthers and and, and globe earthers and and yeah the globe earthers have got some very valid arguments which are very difficult to disprove as a flat earth and and but the other side of the coin is that flat earth arguments are even more difficult to disprove for, by the globe earthers even though they won't admit that they just dismiss it as nonsense and, and there's very few actual serious debates between the two because the globe earthers are just totally adamant that they're they're right and they won't listen they won't they won't debate it they won't have a proper reasoned debate about it because they just think that flat earthers are, are imbeciles it's a bit so, like the um the stratfordians in the shakespeare debate yes yes it is academia is so wedded to the idea that the man from Stratford yes. was william shakespeare that yes. they, they just laugh to scorn anyone yes. who posits an alternative theory and i imagine i mean i yeah. I, I can understand this with 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 look in my bathroom, I have two mini globes. I mean, probably every household has a globe. It's yes. like, it's almost the most insane of all the insane conspiracy theories, isn't it? It's the one yes. that people have, it's, it's, it's the it, final stare, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, globe, globe Earth is totally ubiquitous, isn't it? It's everywhere. You know, you switch on the TV news and you see the globe spinning around. Mm -hmm. The weather, even the weather maps are now based on a globe. They don't show the flat map anymore. It's always globular, if you notice that. And I believe that's because the prom the prominence now of flat Earth arguments, they they're trying the damnedest in every way possible to create that that psychological image of, yeah. the, of the globe. So it becomes more difficult to refute, or or people, you know, begin you know cannot believe that there's even a 
possibility that the earth is flat so what and was your what was your wow moment the, the, because you, you as you said you set out to debunk it yeah um, yeah what was the what was the thing that that turned you it's it's the visibility of objects that should be hidden behind the curve that was the big thing for me there's lots and lots of other things but the there's there's a lot of photographs of objects that should be as i say not visible behind the curve there is a there is a an earth curvature calculation which is established which is used by the mainstream i can't remember what it is it's some, something about eight inches blah 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 anyway something or other i can't remember off the top of my head what it is because i'm getting old and i forget these things but <laughs> um whatever that earth curvature calculator is if you use that uh, for example, there are famous photographs of the Chicago skyline from from uh, Lake Michigan, uh, from 55 miles away, and you can see the entirety of the Chicago skyline right down to the floor. Now, if you use the Earth curvature calculation, those buildings should be something like 1,500 feet behind the curve. In other words, as the, the Earth curves away, they should be 1,500 feet behind it, and this is not just an isolated instance lots and lots of things there's a, there's an island in the mediterranean just uh, i can't remember which one it is now but it's visible from the italian coast and it's 100 miles away it's just an impossibility on a globe earth it's you know the, the, there's been lots of experiments done um uh the the main one in the 19th century was called the bedford levels experiment which was carried out lots and lots of times there's a uh, there's a river in i believe it's cambridgeshire uh, oh, it might be Norfolk, it's, it's somewhere in East Anglia. And uh, there's a six mile stretch and uh, a guy called Samuel Robotham, he actually set up a little experiment whereby he uh, lay down uh, uh, six miles from a place called Welney Bridge and you could clearly see Welney Bridge. And he uh, instructed a guy in a rowing boat to row along this six mile absolutely flat stretch to Welney Bridge, which is exactly six miles away. Now, he reckoned that uh, way before the six miles was up, the mast, which had a little white flag on, should have disappeared behind the curvature, and it never did. And this has been replicated many, many times. And these are just a, a, only just a, a, a very few examples. Um, I mean, how are these? Uh, how are these people? So, so this this idea has been current for quite a long time how were these people treated i mean presumably they, they, these these people all became flat earthers as a result yeah they're just ridiculed don't they? i mean this is this is how it this is how the mainstream treats anyone who who can uh, offer an alternative explanation to their uh, norms their their uh, you know their their set uh, ideas that we're supposed to suck in like you know vacuum cleaners um they just treat it they just treat it with ridicule they come up with fake arguments against it it's just the same old story no matter what subject you're talking about be it flat earth or be it anything else for that matter what um what, are, so, what yeah. are their fake what are their fake rebuttals then uh, uh the, 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 for example the one that they use um uh, about the chicago skyline is that it's uh, it's called something like i can't remember the exact term but it's something like inverse re refraction or something that creates this mirage well right. obviously that that might work on water but it certainly doesn't work on land and and you know the the 
so many examples of this it's just too hard to ignore uh, right. again that's just that's just the one the one main thing for me um but there are lots of other things as well um that uh, that, that point towards a flat earth uh, can, I mean, can i just tell you what the flat earth model actually is first of all i'd love to hear yeah because because you know many people don't know what that is it's actually a, a circular flat plane okay with the arctic arctic in the middle um and all the continents around the edge and it's people say well why doesn't the sea fall off the edge you know or the oceans fall off the edge that's because and this is a fact this is not made up the antarctica consists of a 200 foot unbreak unbroken ice wall all around the edge okay in the flat earth model it's all around the edge like a dish so that's what keeps the seas in 200 okay. feet yes 200 feet there so is, is one the inlet it's Sorry? like the wall in Game of Thrones. I mean, that's what it's based on. I don't know Game of Thrones. But yeah, it, it is like a wall. It is a 200-foot ice wall. Okay. We're not allowed to go to Antarctica. You're not allowed to overfly Antarctica. You're not allowed to uh, approach within 100 miles of Antarctica. Otherwise, they, they will shoot you. They will shoot you down. Seriously. There was something called the Antarctic Treaty, which was passed in the 1950s. And funnily enough, every single nation on earth signed it and that is the only instance of every single nation on earth agreeing to sign one specific treaty now they, why would that be okay circumstantial evidence obviously but not proof but you're not allowed to overfly it there's been instances where planes have been threatened with being shooting down shot down if they get too near um why would that be we've got to ask ourselves that question uh you know okay. what is so what is so private what is so secret about antarctica i have i have heard a story about some sort of maverick was he a norwegian i think who 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 um took his sailing boat he was determined to kind of get through the through the net and i think he right and he ended up being disappearing mysteriously i think i think the, yeah. the boat was, i guess that is what happens but what about that you do occasionally get little tourist trips to antarctica i've seen them advertised um how do they land if there's a, is a, a sort of 200 foot ice wall where do they go are the little are the little inlets or something or how does it work there are there is one or, or maybe two inlets and that's it i mean cruise ships go to the antarctic but obviously it's all very controlled and you're not allowed to go more than about 100 yards inland you know it's, there's wire fencing there's a post office there where you can get your tourist postcard stamped and say you sent them from the antarctic and all that kind of stuff in fact uh, my eldest son's friend spent six months at a research station in antarctic and he said the same you can't go more than 200 yards inland when you get there you just restrict it to this little space really you know, between the coast yeah absolutely yeah oh. um you see so... this is why this is why my favorite of all the rabbit holes is antarctica because you cause right. then you start thinking what happens beyond the wall beyond beyond that kind of that demilitarized zone up to the research station yeah what what, what what's there do, do you have any theories no other than the fact that um again it you know it gets it gets more complex it gets more strange because in the un building in new york okay in the lobby and i've got a picture picture of this um which uh, i'd be happy to send to anyone if they want to look at it 
and it's a picture it's a painting not a photograph obviously it's a paint it's a painting that shows the flat earth okay so this is us this is our earth as we know it as uh, in a circular disc like that but then they've got the antarctica all around the edge of it and then outside that are dozens upon dozens of other continents and that's hanging in the lobby of the un building now what's that all about they love to they love to hide things in plain sight they love to show us things that they what you know that, that they are doing or that the um you know without actually telling us that that's what they're doing because they they have this belief that as long as we they're open about what the facts are then that's okay they won't get hit with the karma for lying because this is you know this is not my belief this is their belief you know so you know again that's just a another spanner in the works if you like maybe that is an accurate map of what we have i don't know um but there, there was an expedition in the late 1940s early 1950s i can't remember the exact date by a guy called admiral bird who was an american as the title says an american admiral and he was an explorer and he came back and he told this story about when he, he flew over antarctica this was in the days before there was the restrictions of course and uh, he he went past the ice and he landed in a, a a place that was totally green and he met a very strange humanoid group of people and this is an american admiral telling this story and again you know this again i'm not making this up this is this is factual this is this is what he said and it's all available on the internet for anyone who wants to check out the facts but yeah admiral robert bird he 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 said that he flew beyond the antarctic so again it adds a little bit of credence to that to that um map that so i mentioned what, I, I, can you can you still buy his book in bookshops was he did he elaborate on on this this stuff uh, he did i mean i think that i think there are even youtube presentations i think there are even youtube he appeared on television actually and i think what what happened was he came back and stole this told this story and it was as a result of that that the antarctic treaty was uh formulated and signed um but so yeah i mean you can see it i mean I'm, it might not be on youtube but it's certainly beyond some of the other uh, video platforms because i've you know have seen it fairly um, recently again you say humanoid i mean what like why the oid what was what's different I, about them? well they just said that they were different to us they had different characteristics different physical characteristics they, you know they looked reasonably human but they were different so i mean i'm not a believer in ufos in in the sense of them coming from outer space but no. maybe they come from a different area within our own reality within our own realm i don't know again it's just speculation on my part but that's you know that's a, a possibility we know that you know i well i say no I believe that outer space doesn't exist, certainly not in the form that they tell us anyway. So if there are these UFOs, um, and I'm not even sure that I believe that there are, other than the fact that all UFO means is an unidentified flying object, so that could be anything. It could be a bird or anything. But um, an yeah, if they, if they do exist, then it's a possibility that they come from this place beyond Antarctica, maybe. Well yeah there was a few years ago wasn't there a, a, a few of these um dodgy types the sort of associates of hillary clinton and stuff were all sort of and was mm -hmm. pedestrian among them i can't remember but they were all sort of boasting about how they were off to antarctica on uh, you know telling their social right. media feeds about this is where they were going and heavy hint yes. heavy hint 
I mean, it, it, it's clear that the, the powers that be are very interested in yes. Antarctica. And there, yes. is, there, is, there are stories that you hear that there are these tunnels that you can only, uh, which are only accessible by submarine, these tunnel entrances, okay. and that you have to sing a particular song. <laughs> Do you not know this one? No, I've not heard this before. Yeah, Go you on. See, this is the thing, John. You, you, you are not. You're not in the game, mate. You're just. <laughs> so okay. So um, you don't. You don't know. You haven't got any thoughts on how far this this flat Earth of ours extends. Well, it, if you were to believe the map, and again, it's available on the internet for anybody who. who Google, well, don't use Google, but anybody who searches for it, um, if it, it looks as though it's at least as wide again as the current Earth in all directions around. Okay, so it's a huge swathe of, of ocean and continents as well. So if it's but, real, it, it could just be what, disinformation. What, but, what is know. the boundary of that? I mean, okay, so so our oceans are held in by the two hundred foot ice wall. Yeah, but I don't know. that must be there's another ice wall or what? Or... I can't remember actually. It's not. Uh, it's a good question, but I I I, I didn't look at uh, at that. If you bear with me a second, and I'll try and find the picture. Keep on talking. Let's keep on talking. Well, but... I'm I'm very happy that I finally broached this topic. I mean, actually, apart from anything else, because it will annoy certain people, and I just think I yeah I I think I think some people on our side actually deserve being annoyed because I think that they are not willing to have the intellectual and imaginative courage of their convictions. Like they'll, they'll go so far and they go, yeah, I, I, I understand that the world is controlled by these evil Illuminati figures, but flat earth, I won't go there. And you, and you kind of thinking, well, well, why? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm sort of sympathetic to flat earth because it seems to me, when I read the Psalms, for example, they seem to outline a, a view of the world which is quite different from the from from the modern one. You know, they believe in the firmament. Yes. They they seem to they seem to believe that there is a kind of ocean of some kind above us. Yes. Um, and you talk about you know when you read in read in Genesis about God's making of the world, it, it's not necessarily that he made. Doesn't say. He, and then he cupped his hands and created a, a globe. It doesn't say that, does it? No. I just pulled up the picture, James. Mm -hmm. And actually, looking at it again, it looks as though they are saying it's a globe, but a much, much bigger globe than we're actually told. I will send you this picture afterwards, actually, because I think you might be interested yeah. in it. And I'll also send you my Flat Earth article, which... Again, you might be interested in, but it, it looks as though it's a globe, but a much, much bigger globe than we actually uh, believe it to be, or we're told that it is. Right. Okay. Well, doesn't that, so you're not a flat earther after all. You're a, you're well, a, no, I'm not saying that. Globe, I'm just, I, I'm just saying that, that it, it, it um, a big globe, yeah, probably. I, I do have questions, don't get me wrong, although I, I'm leaning towards Flat Earth, I do have questions. There are certain things that are very hard to refute, uh, uh, the main one being, how does a solar eclipse work on a Flat Earth? It wouldn't. Um, what because about... The, the Earth, oh, well, the it Earth doesn't. 
not on a flat earth it doesn't unfortunately no and i've not heard a satisfactory explanation um, well, that, but that's good that it's good that you're sort of questioning your own argument i mean look i'm i'm agnostic uh, about this except yeah. as far as i want to believe in flat flat earth because it sounds much cooler yeah what does, yeah what does... yeah i mean so it, it it fits in with with uh i always talk about and excuse me for anyone who's heard me say this before uh i don't want to bore anybody but i always think of reality as like a a 10 million or a billion piece jigsaw and you can see that the big picture the more pieces you put in place and of course the more pictures you put in place the just like an ordinary jigsaw puzzle the more it enables you to fill the other pieces in as well so this is the way i look at the things everything reality as a whole and it just fits it just fit to me the flat earth just fits precisely into the right little slots and creates that helps to create that bigger picture of everything so um yeah it's it's not i don't believe it 100 percent, but i am tending towards it in the absence so, of any other explanation when captain scott yeah said great god this is an awful place was it him <laughs> or was it one of the other ones who died but i don't know i mean we've got this do you think that was part of the psyop as well that the, the promotion of this narrative that you really don't want to go to antarctica because you will die your your feet yeah. will turn black and that chosen yeah. drop off and you'll yeah. die horribly unlike lucky norwegians yes i did actually think about this and i did think that maybe the whole thing was a psyop and maybe they they did set off to go to the south pole which doesn't exist on the flat earth model obviously yeah um they did set off to go to the south pole but they were either murdered on the way there or on the way back because again it's a bit like titanic this story about scott of the antarctic it's it's full of romance and and tragedy and you know it's got all the elements of a a sellable story hasn't it and yeah. you know they were only 12 miles away from safety when they all sadly perished yeah and i just think you know yeah great okay were they all actually murdered um and they just invented this story to make it kind of uh you know stick in people's heads if um it, if it weren't for your what you've told us elsewhere about mm -hmm. the titanic which is an extraordinary story and mm -hmm. takes several hours to tell yes. um uh i'd be thinking what kind of wacko theory this is everyone knows that <laughs> Scott and his, you know and and, and yeah. captain oates and and um evans and and so on and it was because they they uh, unlike unlike amundsen they didn't travel with dogs they tried using ponies we, we, we've been fed all this stuff and we've yes. got We've got panes of glass in churches dedicated to their sacrifice, and we've got diaries, and we know everything about it, don't we? It's, yes. I think we should be suspicious of any historical event which has been deeply imprinted within our con consciousness. Exactly, James. End. Exactly that, James. Yes, I totally agree, and uh, and that's what struck me about that that particular incident. Um, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but. Uh, when I, was at, when I was sort of eight or nine or ten at my typical Colditz-like English prep school, there were certain there were certain stories that historical stories that you knew above others. And definitely, along with the Titanic, Captain Scott was one of the biggest. It's absolutely 
And if all the others are fake, I mean, if 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 we we know we know this that what are what are the things we all remember? People remember where they were when Kennedy was shot. If they were around then, people remember where they were when they heard about nine eleven. Yes, you do. I, I remember where I was when Kennedy was shot. Yeah, oh, I, was, I was eleven years old, and uh, yeah, I'd just come home from school, and my mum switched on the the evening news, and it was all splashed over. And I remember my grandma, who was staying with us at that time, just bursting into tears because this lovely man had been shot. <laughs> so yeah, that's it's quite a vivid memory to me. That, yeah. Did 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 your grandma say it were a conspiracy? <laughs> something, yeah, like something like that. Yeah, no, she didn't. No, it she doesn't just, stack up. She was just, she was just heartbroken, obviously. Yeah. Um, As many people throughout the world were, of course. Well, yeah, because that's how they that's how they play it, isn't it? They they yeah. want you to they want it to become part of the folk memory and part of your personal memory, almost exactly. more more real than anything you experienced yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. As you said, nine to... eleven, Diana. You know, Diana. Yeah. Mm. Um, so John, we've 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 changed reels. Uh, we can now we've got another forty minutes on. It was really annoying that we couldn't use my usual usual platforms. But anyway, um, I, I I don't understand it. It's so weird. I can't I can't work yeah. out at all. I'm Flat not taking. Um, I just asked you off camera mm. whether there was any more. That you needed to tell me, and you said there's loads, but <laughs> it's better better reading your book, which has got it all covered. Tell us about yeah, that. my book, yeah, the falsification of science. I wrote it in 2021, and it's kind of a uh, a sister companion to um, to the falsification of history, which was written in 2012. Um, where obviously falsification of history talk about historical events and how they were faked and, and falsification of science to so talk about uh, sci the scientific aspects of the big picture and uh, you know give my own view that, that's been derived from my extensive research on various different topics such as we talked you know earlier in the piece we talked about you know the three pillars of fake science that I believe in and that is that the Big Bang theory again you know note the, uh, the the word there theory it is a theory and it's a very substantial one talk about the theory of evolution and again it's always called the theory it's never called the theory although it is taught as fact it, it, it is sorry it is always called theory although it's never Though it's taught as fact in education establishments, yeah, yeah. it is a very insubstantial theory. So there's that. I talk about ancient technology, lots of ancient technology that, that's kind of been lost, for want of a better word. Um, I talk about the Royal Society and Freemasonry and how that has a massive, massive influence on science. Because the Royal Society, which is a British institution at, at heart, is the, the controlling body of, of science and what we get to hear. Um, and both right. yeah. Royal Society is absolutely 100% controlled by Freemasonry. It's, no, it's not even up for debate that that is an absolute fact. All the senior guys at the Royal Society are all high-ranking Freemasons. And we know that Freemasonry has a very, very, uh, shall we say, insidious uh, hold upon we, us, uh, and the reality that we uh, believe that we live in. So there's Indeed. that. I talk, I talk about Flat Earth, obviously. I talk about NASA. I do a big, big 
there's a massive chapter on NASA and outer space and the moon landings and all that good stuff. Um, hello, James. Where have you gone? Yeah, I'm just, just um, fainting my um, my light, my batteries. Okay. It's all very high tech. This, this my, you know, my my production assistant is me. Yes, me too. Um, <laughs> yes, no. I, I, you make me want to get get that book. Actually, well, both books. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure I can arrange that for you. Um, good. Um, yeah. So, um, so there's lots to cover there. I mean, a yeah, the nuclear that. weapons hoax. I talk. Sorry, the nuclear weapons hoax. I talk about. Oh, that I. You know, that's another of my favourites. <laughs> Nukes aren't real. No, they're not, are they? No. <laughs> absolutely not it's just Good. a it's just a uh it's just fear-mongering it's just you know the control we know that the control is partly through fear and keeping us in a state of apprehension and and dysfunctionality and this is just another one to add to the list shall so, we i think that we can probably we we can probably cover big bang and evolutionary theory in in but, in one go rather than cheap treating them as discrete topics yeah. do you think uh yeah sure or does um, it not or did it not work that way i mean i'm i'm interested in i here's an here's an interesting thought um or an observation um mm -hmm. i am reading this amazing book at the moment an amazing work of right. literary criticism scholarship and biography and it's called Music at Midnight. And it is okay. a biography of George Herbert, who some some people would argue is is our greatest the greatest poet in the poet, yeah, from the it was the seventeenth century, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He um he was he was very he was very well connected. Right. Um I mean the Herberts were the earls of of, of Pembroke he, he moved in court circles he was the okay. orator at Cambridge he was he was fiercely learned he was absolutely brilliant in Latin and Greek but he decided to devote his, most of his energies to God he had this sort of personal relationship with 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 God um as as, as yeah. Christians do and 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 his poetry was essentially um expressive of his love love for 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 the divine um, yeah, I did. I did study him, him at English uh, literature A level, but yeah, I've forgotten all the poems. I can't remember them. But he's, yeah, I remember. He's he's good. But anyway, what what's interesting about this this utterly brilliant, brilliant. In fact, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna find out the name of the author. Wait, um, give me one second. Now the reason, John, that I had to get my copy of the book is because because of the author. Um, right. I mean, it really is brilliant literary analysis. Um, music at midnight. Right. John, John Drury, and John Drury was is. Um, let's have a look. 
what his background is. Um, where are we? Where would it say about the author? Is he still alive? Or? Okay. John Drury is chaplain and fellow of All Souls College, Oxford. I don't, he probably isn't now. Um, he began as a biblical scholar and while Dean of King's College, Cambridge, worked with Frank Commode. He was also, he was Dean of Christchurch, which is okay. my college, which also happens to be Oxford's, Oxford's Cathedral. And that right. is a position, certainly when he was dean, I think they might change it. I think they're, they're going to make it, they're going to split the role. So that one, there's a, the ecclesiastical role and there's the kind of administrative role. But anyway, right. you, had to, you would have to be a clergyman to get those positions. Right. And although the book is brilliant, there are, there are moments that, that, that um, bring you up short. And those are the moments where he refers to Darwin. And Darwin's theories. And he refers to them in a way that, I mean, this book would have been published about 10, 20 years ago, maybe. 20 years ago, probably. Um, right. No. Um, 10 years ago. 10 years, only 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Right. And he keeps making reference to, to he, he when, when he's talking about um herbert's view of the world it, it's it's as though well of course what herbert didn't understand is 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 our modern understanding of of of, of how we came to, into being and 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 darwinism and and so on in other words right. you've got this clergyman very senior clergyman author a, a, a great scholar who is yet conceding all the territory to darwin he is he is basically this is this guy is supposed to be a god-fearing man he has completely accepted that darwin's understanding of the world the, the evolutionary theory one is the correct one and he is sort right. of slightly looking down or not not looking down on but 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 um uh, diminishing in some way herbert's worldview because he doesn't understand that that actually you know come on Come on, guys! God didn't actually make the, the world, you know. We know now, Big Bang and evolution and all that, you know. Hello, and I was I was shocked. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, if, had I read the book t twenty years ago, ten years ago, um, I would have gone, yeah, fine, because I, a, I, 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 I took evolutionary theory for granted, and b, I wasn't yes. a we all do Christian in those days. Yeah. We all we all do take it for granted, James. It's you know that's nothing unusual, is it? I mean that's how it's sold to us, isn't it? It's it's, it's very it's very a... hard to read um, a an article on any aspect of science, or certainly any aspect of biology or zoology or anything like that, mm. which doesn't make at least some passing reference to evolution evolutionary theory. It's it's so embedded in our culture. So what yeah. I want to know is, um, first of all, this is the interesting stuff. Who funded it? Was it funded by the Rothschilds? Um, Freemasonry. <laughs> it was Freemasonry again. I've got lots of quotes. Um, I'll, I'll dig them out actually. But could I, before before I do that, could I just mm. offer a very quick? I'm talking of, of a couple of minutes. Yeah. Proof of evolution uh, of the evolution is false. Yes. Okay? Please. Right. Okay. First of all, I'm going to start with a quote. Um, and it's a quote from the Encyclopedia Britannica, 
that um, you know doyen of uh, truth and uh, all the rest of it. But I think this is this is a fair point that they say they say a simple one cell bacterium contains DNA information units that are the equivalent of 100 million pages of the Encyclopedia Britannica. So just let that sink in. A simple one-cell bacterium contains DNA information that, are the, that is the equivalent of 100 million pages of the Encyclopedia Britannica. And then it's, uh, it's important to understand that the basic functional unit of a cell is a protein. Proteins contain or comprise of hundreds of different amino acids. And to even work at all, they have to be in the right order. Okay. Now, a single, a simple single cell bacterium contains thousands and thousands of different proteins. The molecular biologist, uh, Francis Crick, who was one of the guys who, who uh, with uh, James Watson, discovered the DNA, double helix. He calculated the odds of a protein occurring by chance as being 1 in 10 to the power of 260. So that is a 1 followed by 260 zeros. Right Now, for uh, comparison purposes, that number, the 1 followed by 260 zeros, is greater than the number of atoms, not the number of planets, not the number of people, not the number of organisms, but greater than the number of atoms in the known universe. Okay. Now, mathematicians classify as impossible, absolutely impossible, anything that has odds greater than 1 in 10 to the power of 50. So in a nutshell, that just proves that evolution is impossible because what I've just said has to happen for evolution to occur. And that's not just me saying that. This is mainstream science that says it. So in actual fact, they're, they're signing their own death knell. And it, it means it would have been impossible to get one protein by chance, let alone the thousands upon thousands of different proteins that a simple one-cell bacterium would need to function or even exist. And a cell would need the ability to ingest nutrients, to expel waste, and to reproduce. So... If a cell ever developed by chance, that very first cell would have had to develop and perfect the process of cellular, cellular reproduction in the span of its own lifetime. Because if it didn't, there wouldn't have been a second uh, cell. And Darwin's evolutionary process would have ended right there, which, of course, it never happened in the first place. So, you know, I rest my case, my lord. That is... That is a pretty. Um, uh, if people can grasp it, that yeah, it's it's not easy. I, mean, I understand it, but I mean that's just part of it. But there's so many there's so many other elements to it. You know, if you want to uh, talk about the the um, the Freemasonic aspect of it. Now, again, I am I'm quoting here, but the the thirty third degree Supreme Council of Freemasonry in Paris revealed in some of its minutes over 100 years ago, its promotion of evolution as a science, while they themselves actually laughed at the idea. And the min I'll read you the minutes now. Uh, the minutes read as follows. It says, 
It is with, with this object in view that we are constantly arousing a blind confidence in these theories. The intellectuals, without any logical verification, will put into effect all the information available from science, which our agents have cunningly pieced together for the purpose of educating their minds in the direction we want. Do not suppose for a minute that these are empty words. Think carefully of the successes we arranged for Darwinism. And another one. Uh, this is from New Age magazine of March 1922. And it says, the kingdom of atheistic Freemasonry will be established by evolution and the development of man himself. The false scientific ideology of evolution is a deception set in the 33rd degree atheistic Freemasonic lodges. Freemasons openly admit that they will use the scientists and media, which are under their control, to present this deception of scientific fact, which even they find funny. When was that Paris meeting? Uh, the Paris meeting was in the early part of the 20th century. I don't have a specific date. But it but okay, so who was who was running Charles Darwin? How did he Well, um uh Thomas Henry Huxley, who was the grandfather of Aldous Huxley and Julian Huxley. Um he was known as Darwin's bulldog. He was the guy who, he was his handler, in effect. He promoted him heavily. He shouted down anyone who tried to uh, go against Darwin's theories, which, of course, they weren't Darwin's theories at all. I mean, it, it, the theory of evolution was first propounded by Erasmus Darwin, who was, who was Darwin's grandfather uh, in the very early 19th century, uh, you know, way before Charles was born. Uh, so, yeah, it was his ideas that were taken up by the Huxley uh, dynasty and used Darwin, Charles Darwin, as the grandfather, as a grandson of Erasmus to promote it. And, you know, the, 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 I've got a quote from Darwin somewhere in my work, and I can't remember it, you know, verbatim, but it, it basically Darwin said, you know, he, he didn't see how it was, <laughs> how evolution was possible. Well, he I can't says remember that in that the Origin of Species. Is. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. I think it was one of it. I think it was from the quote that I've got. It was from his life and letters. I'll just see if I can very, very quickly see if I can find it. Uh, well, no, I won't take any more time on no, that. People but can it, always it, get I just, your book. That, that doesn't matter. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the, the, the generators. So, so Huxley, he sounds a bit of a bruiser. He, he sounds a bit like Peter Grant in Led, uh, Led Zeppelin's manager. <laughs> yes yes he was uh he was quite a shall we say a forceful character and, and, and presumably uh, he was he was a 33rd degree freemason it was indeed and what it about darwin indeed. and darwin was a 33rd degree freemason also oh, he was 33rd degree okay right. yes he was right yeah so why what are you saying it's purely because of his um he was the grandson of the guy who originated the the um, yeah, it's not about purely because, but it was certainly a, a factor in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but Erasmus Darwin was the guy. And there was also another guy around at the time, a guy called Alfred Wallace, yeah. who actually came up with a similar idea at the same time. But he, he kind of got consigned to the dustbin of history, as I like to say. Uh, we don't know we don't know of Alfred Wallace anymore, do we? Although I'm well, sure except in I... stories about how, how it was that he was the real... He was the real genius. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the case. But I that again is 
of course that again is how they how they do things that they'll create a so we we know about the the rivalry and and about darwin stealing wallace's crown but but and what that does is embed in our imaginations it distracts us from 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 questioning the nature of the theory itself yeah because the theory yeah. is accepted as 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 a good thing and and that we've all benefited from it so it becomes yes. an argument about who who had this great idea first rather than Yes, was the idea any good? That, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a very valid point actually. Yes, indeed, and this is how they work, isn't it? We know this, so yeah. So, but I, I'd love to know when it was decided and by whom. I mean, yeah, okay, so thirty third degree Freemasons. You know, there must have been a, a sort of this must have been this idea must have been banded about for some time. We need mm. a, a theory that's going to make humans feel small and going to reject God. Yes. Exactly. I, I I don't know. I don't know how it all came about. I mean, because that's obviously a, a, a secret within Freemasonry, and it's not, it's never been revealed as far as I'm aware. It may well have been by someone somewhere, but I don't. I'm not aware of it, James. Right. So I can't, I can't. And how much resistance was there from the church? Massive. I mean, Darwin was absolutely pilloried. And this is where, of course, uh, Huxley came in because he was he was very, very forceful, very quick to shout anyone down who who spoke out against the theory. You know, we called it, you know, religious nonsense. The creationism was a thing, and yeah, you know, the usual mo uh, <laughs> to uh, discredit anyone who tries to speak the truth when uh, you know when they're propounding their lies. So yeah. Uh, it, 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 it took years for the church to accept evolution. Years and years and years. But we, we've, uh, we've just seen in that example I gave earlier that they do now. I mean, the, the, I mm, imagine mm. most clergymen, most Christians, I'd say, probably. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, they very cleverly actually welded the two two ideas together, didn't they? Because, you know, you have religious creationism and you have evolution on the other side of the fence. But somehow they've managed to actually weld them together so that both are acceptable. You know, um, yes, you've got God. God created uh, life forms, but evolution took over and evolution, you know, made us into the people that we are. And that seems to have been accepted for some strange reason. It seems to have been accepted by religious groups now as well, which is, again, it just seems really odd to me. But there you go. That's just me. Well, I, I think that I, I really don't buy this line which you you see promoted by some people or supposedly on our side that the enemy that the powers that be are 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 somehow stupid no. i i don't get that at all no. I, I mean, no, I mean they've been very very successful in pulling over the white pulling the wool over the eyes of the mass of humanity yeah. for sure for i wouldn't say that yeah i wouldn't say that they're stupid but i do think they have like internal squabbles um, which result in kind of, um, well, A, information becoming available, and B, uh, a kind of a, uh, a dysfunctionality within, within the, the, the theories or the, the ideas that they propound and want us to believe. So I do think there is that element to it. But you're right, I don't think they're stupid. But, you know, I think of them as like a, a gang of bank robbers arguing about how to divide up the spoils. You know, it's that kind of a... A situation um so yeah <laughs> did the did the big bang thing come after 
evolution? Yes, the Big Bang Theory was formulated in 1931 by a Jesuit priest by the name of a, a Belgian by the name of Georges Lemaitre. Um, and I believe, again, the Jesuits are up to their scrawny necks in all this stuff, as well as Freemasons. And I think that was done deliberately to, to try and weld the two ideas together of uh, evolution, uh, the Big Bang Theory, and you know, to create something that's acceptable to both religion and science, which obviously the Big Bang Theory is, um, you know, uh, but it, it, it it's a very suspect had a very suspect beginning, and again, it's just a theory. And it, it for a start, it it, um, it 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 contradicts Newton's is it Newton's second law of motion or second law of something or other about my brain. Um, which says that matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, Big this, Bang, you know, if, an if explosion Newton from nothing, you know. Yeah. Newton, Newton is, is, is a wrong one as well, isn't he? I mean, oh, New yeah, Newton's a, a, a... I'm not sure he was actually a Freemason, because I'm not sure Freemasonry existed. It's certainly not in the form that we know it today. But he was certainly one of the uh, founder members of the Royal Society, which eventually embraced Freemasonry, or the other way around, whichever way you look at it. So yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was he was a big big player in in the royal society, and and these people, as we know, are the are the people who control science and what science consists of, uh, and and what science wants us to believe. So, so yeah, Newton, Newton. I mean, Newton wrote a book called Principia Mathematica in the late seven, uh, late seventeenth century, and uh, that was to explain gravity. Or one of the things about it was to explain gravity. Now that entire treatise began with one word, a two-letter word, and that two-letter word was "if," and that book is about that thick, you know. So we're basing a, a, an insubstantial theory like gravity, and it is insubstantial, on this Principia Mathematica, uh, which is that thick. Which begins with the word "if," you know that that rings alarm bells in my head. I don't know about yours and the people out there, but again, you know, it's another gravity is another thing. By the way, that is is one of my uh, pet hates because I don't think gravity exists at all in any way, shape, or form. Gravity is the the glue that holds the globe Earth theory together. Uh, we're getting back oh, to that. Yes, again, that's then. true. Of course, it does. Because otherwise, because yeah. if if we're a globe, there has to be some explanation as to why we stick. Exactly. Exactly. But nobody's ever been to success. I mean, I remember, you know, the um, uh, the the American popular science guy, what's he called? The um, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Big chap. Big, uh, you know, uh, I forgot what his name is now. Anyway, he was asked what uh, what gravity was. And he just said, I don't know. Next. And this is a so-called science guy, you know. So they don't, they don't know. They, they, they bluster. They cover it up with bluster. Gravity, in my view, absolutely does not exist. There's a very, very simple explanation for what we believe to be gravity, and it's called relative density. If something is denser than air, it sinks. If something is lighter than air or less dense than air, more accurately, it rises up. It floats. If if Newton's apple which was the, the catalyst for the theory of gravity, had fallen from the tree, missed his head, and landed in the pond he was lying beside, 
it would have floated because it's relative, you know, that an apple is relatively less dense than water. So, you know, it's a simple explanation and, and it's irrefutable. In my view, it's irrefutable and I would debate anybody on that topic. Do, Absolutely um, anybody. Just let's just deal, go back to Big Bang Theory before we move on. Yeah, sorry. I've got sorry. time. Got but, off the so topic you, again there. Invented by a, a Jesuit called Lemaitre, Georges Lemaitre. Georges Lemaitre. And yeah. did did people not go? Was, this is in the 1920s. 30, early 1930s, 30s. yeah. Did people not go? So some random Jesuit, a, a priest. A Jesuit priest. It was a scientist as well, to be fair, but he was primarily a Jesuit priest, but he was an okay. amateur scientist, yeah. So... I can't imagine circumstances in which a Jesuit priest says, hang on a second, I've solved the mystery of creation. Um, it's, there was a big bang and it came out of no nothing and, and suddenly the universe started expanding from that point. It does seem rather odd, doesn't it? I mean, unless you accept that, um, you know, A, Jesuits have a disproportionate uh, influence upon things you know in the same way that freemasons do and also the fact that it just fitted there you know what they wanted that but, that, but how was it received yeah. um i honestly don't know um it's not something that i've uh looked into in any depth i mean it's a very good question uh, i don't dispute that but uh, you know it, as far as i'm aware it was proposed and it just gained traction and became accepted but i don't know the mechanics of it right Okay, well, we'll move on then, because, like, you know, you know, I, I don't expect you to know the answer to everything. It's just what, what the question that. Well, no, I don't. Like. <laughs> um, the we've got we've got nine minutes left before we have to do this. I'm not going to upgrade again. I'm not going to do it again. Um, no. What? So, does that that the famous picture of Earth taken from the first time from space, called what's it called, Earthrise or something, or Yes, some bollocks. Um, <laughs> and we're told that this is the first thing that that made made us all aware of just how something or other we are, and that we that we've only got one planet and we need to save it. There's all these narratives that have been built up around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, whereas I think you and I know that there's never been a a, a, a picture taken from space like that. That no, it's, it's, it's a composite of lots of different images put together. Yes, absolutely. Um, what how far do, do you believe in satellites i mean do you or, do, or, do, or are you are you a, a, the, the weather balloon i'm not sure yeah well i mean the, the, there is a school of thought and i've seen videos of them actually being launched uh underneath huge balloons um you know then these balloons are huge you know they're the size of a football stadium and i've seen a clip of somebody talking about them who actually works in a factory where they're made so, yeah, I don't know is the answer. I, th I think there are satellites, but whether they are actually orbiting the Earth, I have absolutely no idea. Um, again, it's it's not... It's one of those things that you, it's difficult to prove either way, isn't it? You know, it's, I suppose uh, what I'm coming out is, is is surely people have been, been up high enough to take a picture that shows the, whether we're the globe or the flat Earth thing. Yeah, but we never see them. You know, when we have not seen uh, any pictures, any you know, genuine pictures that uh, that depict the globe, there are none. In fact, there are ones. You know, they're so obviously fake. 
all produced courtesy of NASA, of course. And I'm looking at one right now. Unfortunately, I can't show it you. But there's one taken in 2007 of the Earth, which, by the way, in this picture is an absolutely perfect sphere. Mm. And we're told that it's an oblate sphere, spheroid. In other words, it's slightly pear-shaped. But this is an absolute sphere, as though it's been drawn on a piece of paper by someone with a compass. Mm. Perfect sphere, taken in 2007. And another one by the, from the same source, good old NASA, never a straight answer, in, taken in 2012. And the United States of America, on the second one, is approximately three times the size of the United States of America on the first one. So, you know, it's just fakery and not very elaborate fakery either. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it's it's staggering how people can just fall for this stuff. Um, okay, we've got, we've got, look, 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 we've got five minutes. I think mm -hmm. we can, we can probably cover nuclear weapons and why they're fake. I mean, I've, I've listened to a very interesting documentary on germ warfare, I mean, a chat on germ warfare about Hiroshima. And about mm -hmm. how that was essentially napalm. Um, napalm yes, definitely, rage. absolutely. Um, but you're saying that the, the nuclear deterrent uh, on the uh, our Polaris submarines and stuff is just complete bollocks. What? 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 How do you? How do you know that that, that nukes are fake? Uh, well, again, it, it, through research, um, there uh, again, lots of different elements to it. Uh, there was a guy called Major Alexander de Seversky, who was an American major uh, in the aftermath of the, well, throughout the war. And in the immediate aftermath of the war, he was tasked with going around all the different bombed areas right across the world, obviously mainly in Europe and, and Asia, Japan specifically. And he, he was actually absolutely stunned to to find out that Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the bomb damage there, it, it learned to distinguish between all the different kinds of bombings, you know, fire bombings, you know, you know, mega blockbuster bombs, you know, 10 tonners, and all the different, you know, smaller types of bombs. He, he very quickly learned himself, taught himself how to, how to distinguish between the different kinds of damage. And he came back, made a report, it was it was absolutely uh, maligned for it, but he uh, he wrote a, a long, lengthy report, of which I've read, uh, decrying the fact that there was any difference at all in the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings to the rest of uh, the fire bombing in Japan, which took place. You know, he was prepared for shock in science in Hiroshima specifically, and yet he found it to be exactly the same as the rest of the bomb dev devastated cities that he'd, uh, he'd surveyed and studied. You know, for example, there was no bald spot at the centre of the blast, as we're told. Um, the, 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 there were buildings still standing where they shouldn't have been. Uh, the, the, for example, the, the hospital in Hiroshima, which was only less than a mile from the epicentre of the blast, was still standing. It had a few broken windows. Nobody was killed or even injured, apart from a few minor injuries from flying glass. Um, you know, lots and lots of different things that um, um, 
John, we, 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 yeah. I think we're just going to have to do another podcast sometime because you're, you're too interesting and you've got too much to say about all manner of stuff that we haven't covered. Maybe we can. Yeah, we did history in one. We did science in other ones. Maybe we'll do a history science one. You just just do all your best bits that we haven't done before. Um, OK, so um, tell us where we, you've got a website. Where can we people find out more about you? Um, I do have a website. It's called falsification of history dot co dot UK. Um, Unfortunately, at the moment, you can't buy my books from there. You'd have to buy them from Amazon. You could, but again, you just go on to Amazon dot wherever you are and uh, key in my name into the search bar and it should bring up my uh, author page with all my books on. Alternatively, if you're in the UK, you can actually email me directly. And by the way, gents, feel free to broadcast my email address and I will provide signed copies. Because um, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't like using Amazon. For one thing as well so you know that's that's quite useful what would not for what, what's what's not to like about um a, a giant conglomerate that's destroying <laughs> independent bookshops and, and yeah. selling everything to the point where we are enslaved i can't think of you know <laughs> no lovely guy to me yeah i know it's i know it's crazy but yeah i just thought i'd throw it out there you know okay um john john so, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the pod again um i'm sorry about our technical glitches which yes was, me too like, james they I'm, don't want us, us, us to happen do they um no but we beat them in the end didn't we so that's the main thing thank you everyone my lovely lovely audience for uh, viewers and listeners for for um for, for watching this podcast and listening to this podcast um please continue supporting me by buying me a coffee by supporting our sponsors and really i would love it if you if you could join the, the delling pole community by by sponsoring my becoming a patron of my Substack, you get early access. Um, you get if you if you if you become a sort of an extra special donor, you get to come to my annual um, annual patrons lunch, which is which is really good. And um, uh, what else? Um, I've got a great website, jamesdellingpole.co.uk, designed by my good friend Andrew Andrew Warwick. You can find out all about me there. Um, you know where I'm coming from, who I am. Uh, where I'm going. No, I don't know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciate your support greatly. And um, thank you again, John Hamer. Thanks, James. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been, uh, it's been a privilege as usual, James. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>